With the 2022 calendar year coming to a close, we're going to talk about the three best games across the University of Louisville Athletics Department on today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more prop pods and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. On today's episode of the show, we're talking about the three best games across the University of Louisville Athletics Department. We'll begin by talking about the Louisville football team's victory over number 10 Wake Forest um, back in October. The Louisville women's basketball team's Elite Eight victory over the Michigan Wolverines back in March. And then finally, the volleyball team's Final Four victory against Pittsburgh back just a couple weeks ago. So um, let's get right on into the football matchup. Obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can tell that I'm in a little bit of a different location today. For some reason, the Wi-Fi in my house wanted to act up. But regardless, the show must go on. Um, so the three best games, I looked at a couple different options. Um, I wanted to essentially look at this from a couple different angles. Number one, um, you know, the best performance for a game in terms of, you know, performance across the board outcomes, so on and so forth, but also the implications that that game respectively had on the season as a whole. So, um, obviously, the football victory against Wake Forest, Scott Satterfield's first top 10 victory while here at the University of Louisville. Obviously, people will look at this game and be like, well, Sat's gone. So, does this game really matter that much? Well, maybe not now, although I still do think that um, it's good that Louisville won these games because now Cincinnati has to pay the buyout of Scott Satterfield rather than Louisville, you know, having a conversation to be had on whether or not to let go of Satterfield. And if they did, then they would have to at least negotiate a buyout at the very least. So I think that it worked out um, just the way Louisville fans, maybe not necessarily would have hoped because I'm not sure that we knew that this was coming, but it worked to our advantage. Um, but ultimately, at the time when Louisville won this game, yes, it was an extremely solid victory. It was one of those victories that, in my opinion, could have granted Scott Satterfield a fifth year. Now, granted, now we have no clue as to what Josh Hurd would have been thinking after that loss to um, Kentucky in late November. But we don't have to entertain that hypothetical any longer, considering that Louisville has a new football coach. But with that being said, let's talk about the victory itself. What an interesting game this was. Um, I think the first half where Louisville was trailing 14 to 13, I just don't necessarily think that um, Wake Forest was that much better than Louisville in the first half, if they were better at all. Um, you look at the drives in that first half. 
um, against Wake Forest. Louisville went down, hit a field goal, a Wake Forest punt, another field goal from Louisville. Louisville went up 13-0 in this game. And then uh, Wake Forest went down and scored a touchdown, uh, which was, I believe it was a pass interference call on Louisville that was very interesting to say the least. Um, but the funny or even ironic officiating in that um, half against Louisville came at the end of the first half where there was a touchdown to um, a Wake Forest receiver on third and 14, which it didn't look like he caught the football at all. But uh, the Demon Deacons got the touchdown, which made no sense. But it really changed the momentum. And I looked at that play at the time going into halftime thinking, wow, um, this could really, really change the outcome of this game. It definitely changed the momentum. Um, I was not necessarily sure what was going to happen, but what did happen was something that I wasn't predicting to happen or even thought could have happened. When you look at the infamous third quarter, it was an interesting um, situation to say the least. Um, you look at, so let's see, where did that occur? I think. Okay. <clears throat> you look at the drives that Wake Forest had in the third quarter. They had an interception that was returned for a touchdown. They had a fumble and then another fumble and then another fumble and then an interception and then an interception returned for a touchdown. And then at the end of the third quarter, they had another fumble and then another interception. So the defense had one of the best performances I have personally ever seen. Eight turnovers for Wake Forest in that game. Louisville only had one. Um, they actually were pretty solid offensively in terms of raw numbers. 29 first downs for Wake Forest, um, 310 passing yards, 92 rushing yards. They had eight less total yards than the Cardinals. Um, only three penalties for 15 yards as opposed to Wobble's nine for 95. But obviously it was the turnovers that, um, you know, really put the Cardinals in front. Like I said, I think we all watched that game in October and thought, what in the world is going on here? Um, whether or not you want to call it a fluke, or whatever may have you. <clears throat> Look, they can't take away that it happened. Um, fluke or not, it happened. It affected a game, and it helped Louisville get a victory over a top-10 team, one that they definitely needed to have. Um, not only did it help um, you know, continue the momentum throughout that rest of the seasons where the Cardinals got bowl eligible, they even got back into the top 25, but I think it also helped recruiting stay where it needed to be. Look, I think you know you can go back on this point that these prospects recruited or these prospects committed, and it wasn't because of Scott Satterfield. Well, I probably would agree with that for the most part. But I also think that if Louisville kept losing, that there would have been more possibilities of guys flipping than – if they were to have just continued to win like they did. So overall, I think that it worked out for the best. Maybe it doesn't necessarily have as much implication on next year because Scott Satterfield is not back. But when you look at it, it still seemed like the 
perception was that Josh Hurd was not ready to give Scott Satterfield a contract extension. And I think that that was probably the right decision considering the early start to the year where, <clears throat> you know, you lose to Florida State in a 50-50 game. And then you lose to Boston College. That was definitely going in the wrong direction. So, your point to be proven, I think that this season had a fairy tale ending for Louisville's fan base um, outside of the loss to uh, Kentucky in the Governor's Cup in the regular season finale. But um, nonetheless, I think that when you look at that victory back in October, um, I, I think that, you know, you can't take away the um, overall impact that it had because I think it's a snowball effect. I think it's a domino effect. Um, you know, one thing happens and it allows things to continue to, you know, move on in terms of uh, the upward trajectory. So despite Scott Satterfield leaving, I still think that this game in itself was one of those best games of 2022. It's a top 10 victory, a top 10 victory at home. Um, you know, it definitely helped with recruiting, helped jolt the fan base. Uh, but overall, you have to like what the Cardinals did at the end of the season. And until that victory against Wake Forest, I hadn't believed that the Cardinals had turned the season around despite um, getting that victory over Pittsburgh uh, the week prior. Um, I needed to see more. And, well, the team went out and they did what they needed to do. Wasn't the greatest performance offensively, um, but the Cardinals got it done. 211 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Um, also, um, Malik Cunningham had 164 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, very, very solid performance put forth by the Louisville defense that had eight sacks, 11, 11 tackles for loss, five pass deflections, uh, and two touchdowns. So uh, one of the best defensive performances that you will ever see in Cardinals football history. Uh, now we'll transition over into the women's basketball side of things where the Cardinals beating Michigan in the Elite Eight made this list. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at NHTSA. Okay, so you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But no, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. And what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, your job, your car. Well, Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and oftentimes deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Hey, Louisville fans, thanks again for making the Locked On Louisville podcast your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Moving right on into the second segment of the show, I apologize for the bad lighting in this room. Um, I don't necessarily think that the lighting is good for the um, the podcast. Um, definitely a lot brighter than I'm used to, 
but nonetheless got to do with what you have. So um, continuing right on along the women's basketball section of the show, the Louisville Cardinals made it back to the final four after defeating Michigan in the elite eight back on March 28th. I do believe 62 to 50 um, for a couple of different reasons. This is on the list. Number one, it is a solid victory against a good team in the Elite Eight. Obviously, that leads to the uh, reappearance in the Final Four, the team's first Final Four appearance since 2018, losing to Mississippi State in a game which they should have won if the officiating had been better. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, the past couple seasons, uh, 2019, the loss in the Elite Eight to Connecticut, um, and then 2020, obviously no, no postseason. 2021, the Elite Eight loss to Stanford. So uh, the team getting back to the Final Four was huge. Now, granted, the team went on to lose to South Carolina in that final game, but regardless, that doesn't take away the um, significance of this performance against Michigan. The number one seeded Cardinals played the Wolverines in the Wichita region. Um, it was pretty close. At the end of the first half, 30-27, to 27, both offenses kind of struggled uh, to get going. And um, really, in general, um, that was sort of the case throughout the game, 62-50, to 50, sort of a low-scoring game, but still the Cardinals' defense needed or did what needed to be done. Um, I was um, extremely impressed with the Cardinals' defense. Um, <clears throat> it went back and forth in the first half. Um it went back and forth 17 to 13 at the end of the first quarter. Michigan won the second quarter, but still uh, the Cardinals went up on the halftime lead. The third quarter is what I thought could have played a big role in this contest, um, considering that the Cardinals got into foul trouble. Um, you know, players were on the bench. You look at the, the foul trouble. Uh, Olivia Cochran had four. Emily Ingsler picked up three fouls. Um, she had a rough offensive game. Had one uh, for nine from the field, ha only had five points, but it was what she did on the defensive end that really, I think, sparked this Louisville team, especially in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Uh, but Haley Van Lith, Kiana Smith, Chelsea Hall, all in double figures. They kept the Louisville offense at bay. But I thought, honestly, it was the... The point that Louisville was trying to pull away in that second half, and I felt like you know there were continual fouls called in that third quarter. Uh, the Cardinals went up, I believe it was forty-one to thirty-three in that third quarter. Looked like they were going to start to pull away, but offensively, both teams not able to get much going, and then the fouls came about. Um, Michigan ultimately ended up cutting the lead to two at the end of the third quarter. It was the fourth quarter that proved to be the difference maker. Um, the Cardinals only allowed seven points in that final quarter. Um, the defense was incredible. Um, um, overall, I just think that it put that toughness that we've seen on display over and over and over throughout this past season. It seems like so long ago because it was, um, you know, over nine months ago now, which is crazy to think that it's been that long. But um, like I mentioned, the defense in that fourth quarter, Emily Inkslow, look what she did on the stat line. I feel like this stat line epitomized how good she was overall 
at the University of Louisville. She only had five points, but one of the ways that she was so solid for the Cardinals in a big way that they needed was even when she wasn't scoring, she was affecting other aspects of the game. She had 16 rebounds in this contest, four assists and six steals. Um, <clears throat> I would venture out and say that probably half of those were in the final quarter. Haley Van Lith with 22 points. Um, even with four fouls, Olivia Cochran had nine points and four rebounds. Um, just overall, I think a great part of 2020 was seeing the women's basketball team get back to the final four after having some very solid teams in 2019, 2020, and 2021 that just came up a little bit short getting back to the Final Four. Um, this season, um, it seems like the team is starting to turn it around, something that we haven't been used to over the past um, X amount of years. But nonetheless, so excited uh, for Jeff Walls' team. And even though that the team didn't get to that final game, didn't cut the nets down, I don't think that it takes away from the significance of this game against Michigan. You had to look at the the fouls and things of that nature. Um, you look at the team stats and what happened. Um, the Cardinals only committed seven more fouls. Um, they shot uh, Michigan shot over double what Louisville shot from the free throw line. Naz Hillman alone was ten for thirteen from the free throw line. She attempted more free throws than the Cardinals did. She had 18 points. A Louisville struggled to uh, defend Hillman because, number one, it seemed like every time she got into the paint, there was a um, foul call that followed. But regardless, uh, that's neither here nor there. The team uh, fought past a average offensive performance, and they got the job done to get back to the Final Four. Um, and I keep mentioning getting back to the Final Four. That really does hold a lot of weight, the team getting back to that um, final weekend of the season. Um, it's their, what, second Final Four since 2018. So hopefully, you know, this is able to help the team in the future with recruiting, with continuing to you'll ultimately be on that collision course with the national championship. Now, obviously, the 2022-23 season, things um, aren't or haven't been looking the greatest early on in the season, but it is early. The Cardinals have turned it around in December, hopefully continuing to do so. But overall, I looked at this game. Uh, there were a couple of different games you probably could have looked at in this season. That helped, you know, the, the Sweet 16 victory against Tennessee, um, you know, the victories in the conference play, uh, so on and so forth, beating UConn last December. But I, I look at this and I just think of the implications that it had of getting back to the Final Four. And I think that that was the ultimate deciding factor for me was getting back to it. So, um uh, the women's basketball team had a great season last year. Um, the final segment of the show, however, we're going to go into the volleyball sector where the team's victory over Pittsburgh in the final four was the uh, the last uh, best game of the 2022 athletics uh, department for the University of Louisville. Um, before we do that, obviously, 2023 um, is making its way around tomorrow. It's crazy how quickly 2022 came around. But regardless, uh, 2023 is here. 
or will be here soon. If you're listening to this, chances are it could already be 2023. But nonetheless, um, I want to offer up a an opportunity to voice any suggestions, any thoughts you have on guests. I'd like to do some uh, different things in 2023. Um, obviously, you learn by trial and error, but regardless, I'd like to uh, do some special things. We have some interesting um, episodes planned, some special guests planned, so on and so forth. So if you have any suggestions, please voice those in the comments section below or DM me at deepens underscore in the uh, graphic below. So, But the final uh, segment of the show is dedicated to the volleyball team's victory over Pittsburgh. Obviously, I think that this is a no-brainer. Uh, the Cardinals making it further than they ever have in program history. Not only that, but the um, first time a team from the ACC has made it to the national championship game. So they not only made program history, but conference history as well. Um, the team losing Tory Dilfer Stringer. Um, Anna Stevenson Hall from the year prior. It was um, expected that this team was going to make a deep run, but obviously you have to uh, get those results. And um, with Anna DeBeer going out early in the season with a shoulder injury against Stanford, uh, the team did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, suffered a, a loss to Pittsburgh and Ohio State in the regular season, but did what they needed to do in the postseason. Uh, two sweeps. I think three sweeps in the first three rounds. They played Oregon in that Elite Eight, went down two to one. Had a point in that match where they were facing uh, elimination, where Pittsburgh had, or I'm sorry, Oregon had uh, match point. The Cardinals ripped off a run and then dominated in the fifth set. Um, Sort of, but not really the same storyline in the Final Four. It's hard to play a team three times. Uh, The Cardinals looked solid in that first set uh, against Pittsburgh. They won the first set, um, looking to try to uh, put the match out of the way early on, but they weren't able to do that. Um, I think that self-inflicted errors against the team really hurt. Uh, Service errors, uh, hitting errors, they really just didn't necessarily play well in that second set, despite only losing by two. But it was evened out, and uh, that third set proved to be critical. Louisville edged out the victory after going down. It was 25-22, to 22, and they even started the fourth set out really well as well. Um, but got a, got a little sloppy in that fourth set. Uh, allowed Pittsburgh to come back. I think that Louisville had a 16-11 or 17-11 lead in that fourth set, and Pittsburgh came back and won and tied it 2-2 going into the decisive fifth set. I got a little nervous because, you know, volleyball is all about momentum, and, you know, it can change over and over and over again in a match, um, which it did, but it seemed like Pittsburgh had all the momentum going into that fifth set, and Louisville absolutely dominated in that fifth set, talking about absolute and pure domination. Uh, the Cardinals opened up the fifth set with eight straight points and uh, ended up winning this set 15-2. to two. It was overall a fantastic performance um, from the Cardinals throughout. It was a balanced attack. Um, I think that when you look at the Offensive side of things, um, you know, Claire Chausse with uh, 25 kills, which is second in her career. Um, Iko Jones had 12, Anna DeBeer with 15. 
The Cardinals looked extremely solid. They hit a 273 swinging percentage, um, but I think that um, you know that was respectable considering they had some tough um, you know sets when it comes to uh, swinging percentage. Um, Amaya Tillman, PK uh, Pekran Kong had uh, fantastic um, you know matches in the middle, especially PK in that final set. Uh, Raquel Lothero was solid uh, with 49 assists. Um, Elena Scott had perhaps one of her best, if not her best performance on the brightest stage. The hometown hero had 28 digs, five service aces, eight assists, showed that versatility on the court as the Cardinals starting libero um, overall. And then you, you'll talk about Alexa Hendricks, CeCe Rush, Aiden Bartlett, uh, solid performances as well. A great opportunity for Louisville to like I said, continue on this ultimate collision course with a national championship that is inevitable, in my opinion, over the next couple of seasons. Ran into a very, very tough Texas team that, um, hands down, was the best team all season. Had multiple Americans, Logan Eggleston, uh, the player of the year. But a uh, fantastic season, getting back to the Final Four for a second straight season, showing that it wasn't a fluke. Um, you know, with another target on your back, you rose to the occasion, you, um, you know, persevered, uh, you, you put on that full display of toughness, especially when Anna DeBeer went out uh, throughout the season and in, in the postseason as well when she came back. Uh, the Being the first team in ACC history to make it to the NCAA championship is extremely special. So the Louisville football victory over number 10 Wake Forest, the Louisville women's basketball elite eight victory over Michigan and the volleyball victory over Pittsburgh in the final four are the three best games in my opinion for the university of Louisville athletics department. If you disagree, if you think a, a game should have made it onto this, drop it down in the comments. Let's have a discussion about it. That's what this page is for. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this new year's Eve special on this locked on Louisville podcast episode. We'll see you back here very soon. Stay safe and go cards.